Episode 77 of the Busting Balls Podcast. He's John. I'm Jeffrey. You can hit us up on Twitter at BustingBallsPod. Email us, BustingBallsPod at gmail.com. You're listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, SoundCloud.com slash Busting-Balls, or the PWOM Podcast Network, SoundCloud.com slash Pro Wrestling Only. And you can find us on Spotify. Search Busting Balls Podcast. Today's topic the 2022-23 Premier League midterm grades. John and Jeffrey passed judgment on all 20 Premier League teams for their work so far. John, what's happening, brother? Well, friend, friend of the podcast and occasional guest here, Chris Damasino, has uh, pointed us in the direction of a strategic and collaboration being signed between Conmebol and CONCACAF. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, this blew up yesterday. Uh, yeah, so long story short, Conmebol, uh, which is basically South America, and CONCACAF have struck a strategic collaboration agreement, which basically means that the 2024 Copa America are going to be play is is going to be played in uh, in Amer- in the USA. Uh, all 10 CONMEBOL national teams and six CONCACAF guest teams. Uh, we also will have uh, the CONCACAF Women's Copa Oro Gold Cup uh, will include four guest teams from CONMEBOL and a new club competition that, that they're basically calling it the Final Four, the two best uh CONCACAF and South American clubs will face each other in a, in a tournament of some kind. This, and yeah, this is fascinating for me because I'm going, you know, what a, what a CONMEBOL get out of this? What do you know, CONMEBOL get out of this? Yeah, I, mean, I, this is, I know what CONCACAF gets out of this is because, yeah, because, you know, since USA, Mexico, and Canada are going to be the 2026 World Cup hosts, uh, they don't have to do a qualifying round. Not at all. And it, you know, they are going to get to play better opposition on a regular basis. This is a really, looks a really sweet deal. For right. Your guys. So what is it that Conmebol gets? Besides possibly uh, an influx of American money, 
And yeah, broadcast, sweet, sweet broadcast money. How's that? Well, you know, I, you know, when you're mentioning this, I am remembering that there was, there is talk, there is or was talk in Brazil about actually doing a Brazilian Premier League. I'm wondering if somehow TV rights for that into the United States and Canada and Mexico are going to be a part of this. It would seem very logical to me. And, you know, the other thing I'll say, I'm going to suspect there's something political to it because obviously the big power block in world football for continental associations is UEFA. This kind, this kind of puts the entire American section together. It's a much bigger block. It's much more powerful. It's going to have a bigger say, you know, when talking about FIFA, when negotiating things. Maybe, you know, a big competition, more money coming in. Is that going to help, you know, more players stay the other side of the Atlantic? Yeah, I mean, that, that that's always a possibility, too. And, yeah, if, if somehow Conmebol and CONCACAF form, like, a political block in uh, in FIFA, yeah, that could that, – that I mean, do you think combined they could stand up to UEFA? I think they've got a better chance of it because, you know, um, whatever we say about standing up to them, what, what's it? There are only, only what? There are very, very few teams in the South American qualifying qualifiers, if I'm not mistaken. Was it 10 or 12, somewhere around there? Yeah, 10, 10 yeah. conmable uh, nations. So, yeah, so, they, yeah, so yeah, they always, they yeah, they just do a round-robin tournament. They, they basically do a league format for World Cup qualifying. Yeah, and, you know, just compared to UEFA, even, you know, Africa, Asia, that is not a big voice because, you know, um, if, if, if you negotiate with FIFA, 10 votes, you know, because it's one, one vote per country is very, very small. It's not that, you know, it's not going to get you that far. You've got, you've got the North America guys on side, different matter entirely. You're a, you're a much bigger voice then. Right, and you know, and World Cup qualifying for for Concacaf is going to be goofy to say the least, considering the fact that again, you know, the the three best teams in Concacaf year on year are already in because they're the host, they're they're the joint host nations. Oh yeah, there's some room for some uh, some fresh faces. I I love that about next year. I did wonder how that was going to go. Yeah, I, I well, I still wonder how that's going to go. To be honest, I mean, the. Does that mean, I mean, CONCACAF don't get the same amount of slots, do they? So who gets a slot taken away? I would have, I would have thought that they're going to get enough slots because the host, um, it, 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 is it expanded next time? Is, is the next World Cup an expanded one? I can't remember. I um, don't it, think so. Maybe we'll, have to put a pin, maybe we'll have to put a pin in that one. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to look that one up. But, hmm. You, it, that that would be interesting, you know, if there's only one or two qualifying. Now here's the now here's a, another thing I'm curious about is that they say that the the four the 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 two best Conmebol club sides and the two best Concacaf club sides will will face each other. Is there any guarantee that either of the the two Concacaf club sides are even going to be an MLS club? No. None whatsoever. Because it, it, it seems to be more likely it'll be 
and Mexicans. And Mexican Mexicans. side, like like the the winner of the the Apertura and the winner of the Clausura that year. Yeah, you know. Nope, I, I'm just just looking at the next World Cup. I am right on that. It is 48 team World Cup. Oh well, so, there we have it. So yeah, they, and, they will. And boy, be, that's gonna suck. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean the early rounds of this World Cup. You know, so, some of the teams. You, I will include Wales in that quite happily because we were the great. You should. <laughs> Bitch, we took a point off your guys. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> yeah, we took a point off England too. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not, not, not going to claim your dad now, are you? Oh, screw that! No, I wasn't going. I was, look, I wouldn't have claimed him if they won the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've disowned him long ago. Oh, oh bullshit! <laughs> no, no, my dad's my dad's been living in Wales now for forty nine years. He's gone. In England at rugby, everything else they can fuck off, basically. <laughs> Boy, oh boy! Yeah, so yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting development. Uh, one we will have to keep our eye on. Yeah, I I do wonder, but again, seriously, I do wonder if um, if that means that there's going to be more cunnable club football being shown here in 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 Concacaf territory. I don't even I don't even know if Gold TV is still on the air anymore. But I mean, yeah, I know I'm losing you here because I don't think gold yeah. TV. Yeah, gold TV wasn't even <laughs> in Europe. <so. laughs> uh, hey, speaking of Europe, John. Yo. Since last we spoke, the Bundesliga has resumed. Um, I, I take a look at the ta- take a look at the table real quick. All, all I'm going to say is this is a pro Union Berlin podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dortmund ain't going to do shit. We, we, we all know, year on year, they don't do shit <laughs> anymore. Yeah, they, they just build your hopes up and then whoa, snap. So uh, the story since the restart has been three draws from three, two of which from winning positions. For Bayern Munich, three wins from three for Union Berlin. Um, Bayern still in first, thirty-seven points. Union Berlin second, thirty-six points. That and the Berlin derby today was was massive. It was a that was a great game to watch. Uh, yeah, I I didn't watch it, so I'm taking. I thought it was, it was really play. slow, and then suddenly Union score. Yeah, I, I think literally it was you texted me to, or you messaged me to go, oh, this is such so game. Then I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leipzig in third, 35 points. Freiburg in fourth, 34 points. Frankfurt fifth, 32 points. And Dortmund, who still have a, a game to play, so this could change by the time uh, the show is released. Um, in sixth, on 31 points this is the close i mean we thought last year we thought we might have some hope for a close bundesliga holy shit yeah um the thing is it, it's buying have always just regrouped after that winter break and just crashed to the field 
This year, not so much. They're not doing not it. I mean, keeping in mind, too, that they, they had a 10-week break. Yeah. And and the other thing, Union, you expect them to drop off straight after. You don't expect them to come out that hard. Yeah, and it really is a tale of two Berlins because Union, the little club from the east, is in second, and they're due to face Ajax in the Europa League. Hertha Berlin, Hertha Berlin they're second from bottom. Man, what <laughs> what a season. You know, and, and as well as that, I'd quite happily stop the season now and just go, there's your Champions League teams, because that is a fun four to go through, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the, Bundesliga be wild. Now, of course, this could change within, you know, two weeks. And, and and Bayern will remember how to, you know, destroy teams again, but we'll see. Yeah, you watch. Next time, we, next time we're done, it's a double-figure lead for Bayern, right? Oh, jeez. Yeah, don't say that, please. <laughs> please don't not, say that. I'm just going on history, man. That's all. <laughs> Uh, major story that broke in between our, our episodes, Juventus docked oh, 15 man. points. Andrea Agnelli suspended from football for two years. A, a whole slew of people, um, including, uh, the guy who's now the sporting director at Spurs. <laughs> yeah, this was, cause this, I believe you you basically got away with it originally, and this was an appeal from the prosecutor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, so there may be other clubs involved as well. I understand, but Juve, because of the appeal, were the first ones. Yeah, Fab- to... Fabio Paratici, uh, he got had a, a two and a half year ban from Italian football. Uh, from what I understand, prosecutors are basically lobbying uh, UEFA to see if th- they can make that through all oh, well. football through all football, which means he would be uh, out at Tottenham. <laughs> I remember he's the reason why Antonio Conte finally went to Tottenham. Well, that might put a little meat on the bones of why Antonio Conte is very suddenly making noises about not wanting to be there anymore. I mean, they did okay. I mean, they did okay against, you know, <clears throat> Preston today, but you know. <laughs> but uh yeah, boy oh boy, uh a 15-point deduction and Juve once again in the 21st century are getting docked and at the center of a scandal. And let, let let's have a look at just what that does to the Serie A table. Oh, my lords. Napoli, hello. If you blow this now, my guys, you are never winning this title ever again in your existence. Oh, don't go that far. Come on. <laughs> but so, all, all that being... The, the Milan game. Come on, let's talk the Milan game there. All of that being said, Napoli right now have a 10-point lead on Inter, uh, 12-point lead on Milan... However, uh, you know, uh, both Napoli and Milan still have to play. Uh, Napoli Napoli hosts Roma. That's going to be a fun game. Uh, Milan uh, hosts Sassuolo, who aren't really doing that great this year. I I did love uh, the Milan game. As they pointed out, was it they had up front? um, Was it the end of the Napoli game? They had... 
Olivier Giroud and Divock Origi up front. It's the Premier League old boys home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the retirement home. Come yeah, that on. Was, yeah, that was you last episode, actually, who yeah. said that. Yeah, I'm just like, my God. But uh, Napoli yeah. in really good health, whereas can, can, none can of the can we give it up for uh, Ozyman at Napoli? Victor oh, Ozyman, oh my, my goodness. What, what a job. What a, what a player. Uh, yeah, it, it's just spectacular. It, it's, they're such a good side to watch as well. Yeah, do, uh, and you think Tangai and Dombele maybe won't want to go back to Spurs after this. Oh, good God, no. And, you know, th and this is not just a kind of an aberration where you go, it it's Italian football. You know, Italian football hasn't been competitive at European level for a long time now. But Napoli are really competitive this year. And I, to, they, 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 they whooped uh, Liverpool's ass. Yeah, they, they, it was one of the best performances I've seen against the Jurgen Klopp side. It, it, they deserve every ounce of that win. So, meanwhile, yeah. Uh, currently, Juve are in 11th. They still have to play. Uh, I think they play tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, against, but, against Monza. Against promoted but, but, side Monza. Let's put it this way. They are irrelevant to that title race. Um, you do know who uh, is involved with uh, Monza, right? Go on. Uh, one Silvio Berlusconi. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Back in the back in the saddle. Oh yes, yeah. He he he's somehow the football let him back in, and actually they're only one point behind Juve now because of the uh, because of this uh, deduction. I, I don't know. They let him back in, but he just binds a way in. He just never goes away ever. Yeah, he's it, like eliminator. You know, if um if Juve did not get those points, Doc, they'd be in third right now. Still in third, but still a way, way back. You know? Well, you know, the thing is, is that, uh, um, you know, I, I've heard some rumblings that people think that uh, certain people think that they sh that they got off lightly and should have been docked more points, which eh, maybe. But you know what? I'm going to give credit that they actually dock points because yeah. usually. 15 points yeah, usually, yeah. So usually they give fines out for shit yeah. and that does nothing like. Imagine if Man City, instead of getting fined for their not, you know, for their financial nonsense, instead of getting fined, they actually did get points docked. How that might hey, have changed a few things. Hey, everyone. And on that note, raise a cold one to the fourth anniversary of Man City's being investigated by the Premier League. Still no result there. Mm -mm -mm. Of course, we're not going to talk Premier League right now because uh, we have a whole long, very long main topic about the Premier League. Oh, yes. So, although I will note, uh, Arsenal did lose to Man City in the FA Cup yesterday. However, it was a pretty even game. That was a lucky goal, and we weren't playing all of our first teamers. So, um, I, I'm looking forward to February fifteenth. Oh, I, I'm looking forward to both those games you played, dude, my dude. Those are going to be special, special. But we will come back to that. Yes, they, it was. I think the only players Man City had it was it was it a defensive midfielder who doesn't usually start and uh, the keeper, and that's it. The rest of it was all 
part part of the oh yeah they, they are players who don't regularly play but you know most of them you know went to the world cup or they're full internationals right so yeah and that, that that substitute who you know he that cheap substitute they brought on you know from a little club jack Grealish, you know that bargain at 100 million <laughs> speaking of internationals why are there international friendlies going on right now a, a month after the world cup I have no idea. Have you no shame? Yeah, I saw a result like later today, the USA is playing. What? Yeah, later today, the as we record, the yeah, the USA is playing Colombia. They they just lost to Serbia on I think Wednesday two one. Why? I mean, this is bizarre to me because it's outside the international football windows. And usually, you know, the games will be played in those windows. I presume it's like they're looking at players. They can't get, you know, some release from European who are playing with European clubs. But it's it's absurd. It, and, you know, it absolutely is absurd, isn't it? As, as you point out, I think the next really meaningful game for the U.S. is not for another three and three and a half years. Right. Yeah. Or you know the well, or you know the uh, the 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 you know the Copa America when it, that happens in twenty twenty four. Whenever that happens, yeah. Which, yeah. which again, and I think the, there may be. A, I wonder. There should be a Copa Oro coming up, maybe this summer even. Interesting. Hey, yeah. while we're on the topic of Americans, uh, so the one of the big pieces of news is that Weston McKinney may be going on loan from Juve to Leeds United. To join wow. to join three other Americans, including under fire manager Jesse Marsh. Now, first of all, how good of an idea is this? And second of all, what if Jesse Marsh? But what if either Jesse Marsh gets fired, or failing that, Leeds get relegated? Well, it's a low move, so with option to buy perhaps option to buy yeah but de- it depends you know I, I suspect if they've gone if we're relegated we we don't activate it that's yeah. if Leeds have learned of course from the last time they went down um it's a really good move from Leeds I would say cuz he's a good player he is a good player I agree. I agree and he, he is a good player he really fits into that kind of hard working pacey sort of Jesse Marsh ethic that they've got there yeah, I mean, um, I, I do feel bad for Jesse Marsh right now because, yeah, I mean, I think he he deserves better results, but, you know, it, it well, is what it is. Yeah, they're the only side to win in the league at Anfield in, in you know, with, without the COVID background for how long? Oh, some and, time. And that, you know, I, I saw, because I was at my dad's place, I saw them play Aston Villa. They, they played Villa off the park and could try to lose. They, they, they're playing a decent football. And, you know, it's, they're not a bad side. They, yeah. they are, but we'll come to this. We'll come to this. But also, uh, I just want to point out, uh, Giovanni Reina, in the two matches that Borussia Dortmund have played since uh, the restart of the Bundesliga, uh, Giovanni Reina has come off the bench and scored winners in both of those games. Looking so, good. Yeah, uh, kind of makes you wonder what, what Greg Burhalter was or was not seeing. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I would suggest that he's watching the inside of his eyelids. Maybe I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. 
Uh, a couple of other notes before we get to our main topic. Number one, did you see uh, in spring of uh, of this year uh, the third and final season of Ted Lasso is coming? I, I did not, but that is very, very much in this household appointment viewing, and, and it will be well-watched. And furthermore, uh, I have something to plug, Jonathan. In that uh, case, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, I debuted at SlashFilm.com earlier this week with a uh, a with a, uh, a a a topic that we have discussed on this program before: uh, uh, the best uh, football slash soccer movies. I uh, ranked fourteen of them. In fact, I have read it. It was very good. And uh, yeah, and, and some of it we've discussed. Yeah, some of these we discussed on the on this program. Oh, yes. <laughs> A lot of the mines, at least one of which I brought to your attention. So, you know, give me credit, dude. Uh, give me the- you, you did. Um, but uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the, the eldest one being from 1939, the Arsenal Stadium mystery. By a complete coincidence, uh, the, the the club that features the most on this list is Arsenal. By absolute coincidence, how, how does that happen, Jeff? Amazing, Yeah, you those who didn't feature anywhere on this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but back to football on this afternoon. Let's talk a bit of Scotland here. Oh yes, Scotland. How how I nearly forgot Scotland. Yeah. Uh... And let let me take to gentlemen and ladies and non-binaries or whatever you are. Let's have a look at the week from hell for Jim Goodwin. Oh yes, uh, but the floor is yours at this point. Yeah, yeah. So so Aberdeen, I believe in in, in eight matches they had had one win, and then they played, I, I believe, a sixth. Tier side in the cup. This would be non-league in Scotland. Non-league in Scotland. So I, I, two divisions away from the league. Non-league Darvel. And one of the biggest upsets in Scottish football history. Just for the gap between the sides. My one God. 1-0 one win for Darvel in the, in the Scottish FA Cup. Now, mind you, this loss was sandwiched in between a 5-0 win away at Hearts and today a 6-0 loss. Oh, wait, did I say win? I completely 5-0 yeah. loss. Excuse me. 5-0 loss away at Hearts uh, before the Darvell match. And then a 6-0 loss today away at Hibs. So Edinburgh completely owns Aberdeen, it seems. But and also, within 20 minutes, manager Jim Goodwin was shown the door. Yeah, I, I was going to say, that post-match team talk was, it must have been a hell of a thing. <laughs> yeah, oh, goodness. Standing up there, giving you giving you guys a bollocking, knocking the door, Jim, can we have a word? <laughs> Come on, son. <laughs> it's time. No, no. I would have fired him after the Darvell match. After the Darvell match. You talk, you know, as you say, it's one win in eight to one win, and it's to one win in ten. There is no way he could keep his job. And let's look at him. They are not in a good position in the table, my my dudes. Yeah, not really. 
you're losing badly to Hibs. You are absolutely sucking. The, you are scraping the bottom of the barrel so far. You are through the bottom and you are heading for the other side of the planet. Yeah, that that's just... Oh my goodness. That 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 is a a uh yeah, that that's not good at all. No, and I mean I hope it gets better for Goodwin, but dear God. Oh goodness gracious. Hey, while we're in Scotland, Celtic have uh ha- have a uh, a twist to their transfer policy. Are, are you going to tell me that they've signed someone who is not actually from Japan? I I, I am actually. Uh, they have signed a Korean player, <gasps> Hyungju Oh, Hyungju Oh from Suwon Blue Wings, a uh, a uh, center forward and left winger. So yeah, he could uh, potentially fill in for uh, when uh, Georgios Yakamakis is supposed to be uh, heading off to. Uh, to Atlanta United, I hear now. Well, I was going to say otherwise. It's pretty crowded up front for Celtic. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, a, a Korean player has now uh, hit uh, hit the has hit paradise. One of these days, we are going to make good on the promise you and I keep making to ourselves that we're going to do a a feature on the rise of the Asian footballer. In in, I think in, so. in the professional uh, in the major professional leagues. Okay, okay, we're doing it. We'll okay. do it. But, uh, we're going to get around to it. But also, I have a question for you, John. Uh, which who, whose manager in Scotland is going to win the racism sweepstakes by talking shit about all the Asian players at Celtic? I know that the easy money is on Rangers, but <laughs> that, we, that was when mine was going straight away. But lest we forget, Malky Mackay is at Ross County. Oh, good point. Good point. Oh, yeah. Mark like will not be able to keep his mouth shut. No, oh. and, and, and it was pointed out to me that both Hearts and Motherwell have now signed Japanese players as well. Start trying. Did uh, as we, I think we said this when Celtic began signing Japanese players. It's a good level because that those those leagues are very much of a similar standard. To Scotland, yeah, I, I can't speak on the K League, mind you, but yeah, the J League definitely is a level, well, an equal level to to to, to the Scotland, to the Scottish the, the League. Football, absolutely, I mean, you just need to look at what Celtic have done since they began to import J League players. They have improved vastly from, let's let's face it, a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah, from yeah, the the the, the last couple of years under Neil Lennon were. Uh, not good football wise. No, um, you know the only reason they won the first one is because Rangers won it was still on their way back up, and then you know Rangers had one good season in a blue moon. Yeah, literally. Well, you know, they, and they're not this year. What a shame! Yeah, it, it's a shame. You, you you hate to see it. Actually, no, no. Actually, we 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 don't actually hate to see it. Yeah. By the way, this was not an invitation. By the way, I'm just going to point out this was not an invitation. By the way, for for some uh, for for one of the other Scottish managers to uh, say something absolutely horrible about Asian players at Celtic. No, not in the slightest. So yeah, so we're we're just going to get a, a preemptive fuck all y'all out there for that one. So uh, uh, that's all I have right now. John, do you have anything else for the news? 
dude, it's our midterms. Let, let's not, you know, leave everyone hanging around here. Yeah, let, let, let's let her rip with uh, today's topic, the 2022-23 Premier League midterm grades. John and Jeffrey passed judgment on all 20 Premier League teams for their work so far. Please stay tuned. With the second half of episode 77 of the Busting Balls podcast. This half, for your entertainment, it's the midterm grades. John and Jeffrey run through the Premier League teams and give them a grade for the first half of a deeply extended season. Deeply extended and kind of fakakta because it took this long for us to get to the halfway point. Yeah, we we are practically in February as we record this now. So, yeah, we yeah, exactly. I mean, what does that tell you? What does that yeah, tell you? Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I'm, with that in mind, I, I kind of look to be a little more generous in my grades than usual, mostly. <laughs> right, but also, I mean, we should point out that not everyone has still played the same amount of games. Yeah, yeah. Some teams are on twenty. Uh, some teams are on nineteen. But everyone is at the halfway point. Yeah. Uh, only Fulham and Spurs have played all twenty-one games. Yeah. Which uh, is it? Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool still have two games to fit in. And as Jurgen Klopp said in his press conference this week, God knows where we're going to fit them in, because at the moment, unless it's going out of a cup, you don't see it. You don't. No, you, you you really don't. So, all this being said, so usually we, um, in in times past, we've uh, done this by going alphabetically, or by their ta- their uh, their league table position. However, we determined that if we do that, either of those, we're going to start with Arsenal either way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this year, uh, this time around, we're gonna go. We're gonna do a countdown. Style. Oh yeah, we're, we're twenty fifty one. The, 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 the from worst to first. So that ain't in the top so, of pop song. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna start doing uh, K- my Casey Kasem voice. Very good, forty. <laughs> you need the nitwit for that as well, my dude. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, John, why don't you? Uh, why don't you oh, lead yeah, us? I was going to say, if you you start with the first team, because I'm I'm going to be leaving you the last word on the on the last team. Funnily enough. Okay. Funnily enough. All right. Fine. I'll start. I'll I'll kick this shit off. Uh, Southampton in twentieth, fifteen points, four wins three draws 13 losses uh 
technically the worst record in in the Premier League. Only yeah, I mean they're they're behind Everton by by five goals. Uh, they fired Ralph Hasenhutl. Their new manager hasn't really made an impression on me. I think he's just you know Southampton have always just been kind of there for me anyway. Even on, I mean especially under Ralph Hasenhutl, they were just there. Um, they haven't really done much to dispel that that uh that notion this time around um yeah they're they're just they're just not they're not they're not a good team and they're not a fun team to watch either um but again since we have to also keep doing count you know the the fakakta nature of this season and you know the what with the world cup and queen elizabeth dying you know just completely blowing up the schedule you know i i don't know i i still yeah, you know, I, I don't really think that in, in a in a more perfect world, in a more just world, that Southampton would be doing that much better either. No, so I, I I'm still going to give them a D minus for this first half. I I find it difficult to argue with that. You know, you're talking what's it, their top goal scorer so far has five goals, and it's James Ward Prowse, and most of those are free kicks. They are creating very very little from open play. And I know, you know, and I suppose the upside I can find, there hasn't been a 9-0 for them so far this year. So far, you know? yeah, they've avoided so that. <laughs> but, you know, Nathan Jones, he's been there too long by the look of that team. Uh, dude, come, come on, you knew that gag was coming somewhere. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they, they are not a good... You, you, they struggle for goals. They, they ship... Plenty, you know, I think they've got the second or third worst defensive record in the league. What's that? You don't see, you know, a way out of it for them. What do they, they need to improve everything. So, yeah, a, a D minus is absolutely the grade I, 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 I have to go with on it. I, I don't see them getting out of it. So, that, that brings us on to number 19. <laughs> oh my lord. Everton and former Super Frankie Lampard, not so super now. I mean, guys, when you are looking at Sean Dyche coming in as your saviour, as a man to save you from everything, you are in a world of trouble. <laughs> Come on. He is not going to get you watching any decent football in a hurry. And furthermore, your other options were either Marcelo Bielsa, which, okay, great manager, but he has no time to implement his system or get the players no. he needs in. No. He I mean, allegedly like, wanted to come in in the summer, yeah, which wouldn't make sense, but yeah. Or Sam Allardyce. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking... In this day and age, in the year of our Lord, 2023, of bringing in Samuel Allardyce, you are in... You get a... everything you deserve at that point. Yeah. They have won the fewest games this season. I know Dominic Calvert-Lewin is coming. I know Anthony Gordon is basically on strike now, looking for that move to Newcastle. But again, it's not a good side. They they don't concede that many, or they didn't, but they, they shit goals at hell of a rate since we came back. But, you know, they've scored, what, 15 goals in 20 games here? 
you aren't you are not staying up with that score and record. And you know, they had to get rid of Lampard because he he is not the right manager in the circumstances. He is not good enough for that. He he was he took them backwards from you know where they were under Rafa, and Rafa didn't do a particularly good job either. So yeah, it, it's it's basically again what you see from Everton is long term mismanagement. No one with any sort of structured plan. They're a mess, and I cannot go D minus. And I'm sorry for all my Everton supporting friends, frankly. You know, all I'm going to say is that we, all of this could be put on the the head of one person, and we know who that person is: Farad Moshiri, their their owner. And yeah, allegedly, absolutely. he's now he's now trying to sell at. I think I saw quoted five hundred million pounds, which seems like. Um, Way undervalued for a football club, <laughs> Premier League team. Yeah, but they they have they have a terrible ground. They're looking to build a new one, so maybe he's thinking someone brings in a little bit more investment with that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, D minus seems almost kind. Yes, I I was put I was going to put a failing grade on there because this is a result. It was not a result of a bad season. It's a long-term thing. Oh yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the the malaise has just been there and 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 has not left. And yeah, and you know what? I don't want to. You know what? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. They got a decent draw against Man City recently. But that, we'll talk. <laughs> but we'll talk about Man City coming up. Oh yes. Uh yeah. D D minus, and that that's just because we're being nice because of the World Cup. Uh in 18th place currently sitting. Four wins, five draws, eleven losses, seventeen points. Bournemouth. Um, they're, they're this is their first season back up after their relegation. Uh, post, you know, in, in the post Eddie Howe era, uh, they started right off by firing Scott Parker as manager, <laughs> and you know they they it looked like they had some signs of life under their new boss, but yeah, those quickly got dispelled too. I, I can't really say much about them. I, I, I mean, it's obvious, you know, as Parker and, and Scott Parker got sacked because he said that the board won't support him and let him buy players and nothing's changed. So they they got a D because the, the signs were there from the off. Absolutely. It, I mean, the thing you you saw Scott when Scott Parker came up last time with, with Fulham, his sides have an allergy to goal scoring. <laughs> he, he, he I, take, I, I have uh, noticed this. You know, he, he had Alexander Mitrovic, and he could not get him scoring. Dude, it's the problem is not with with the team. It's with you. You know, it you you can go and buy as many players as you want, but the goals aren't there because you can't get them. And yeah, and and the fact that he said this was it not long after a nine nil loss at Anfield. I remember I was watching. I was out that day, so I was watching the score come from my opponent, going, "What the hell is going on here?" Ugh. Yeah, um, that was a fun day. It, it was. It was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I had to have some this season, but we'll come to that. Um, yeah, I, I think D is absolutely right thing. They've tried to correct it, but it, it's like Southampton. It is not a particularly good side there. I, again, you 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 can't see them being 
you can't see how they're going to get out of a relegation scrap worst all season. So, yeah, D is pretty much where it stands. So, yeah. Okay. And we're going out of the relegation zone at number 17 but, with but Wolves. Barely. Barely. But, but we, we're goal differencing it. And, and this is a side there have been in 20 games for Wolves, 42 goals. Barely two goals a game. You do not go to to Molyneux for entertainment these days. My God. Yeah, they have sc- only scored 12 of those themselves. 12 goals in 20 games. That, that, Again. That's worse than that's worse than Everton. Yeah, that, that's three goals worse than Everton. And Everton are bad. But, you know, I, I've, I've got to give them credit for bringing in Lopetegui, who is a good manager. Yeah, that, we're, that we're, an interesting move. Yeah, I mean, we're still pretty early in the in the uh, in the Hulen uh, Lopetegui era at yeah. at Wolverhampton, but but we but, had to yeah. judge, but we had to judge the whole the whole first half, and yeah, they were not great. And you know what? I understand why they got rid of uh, Nuno Espirito Santo when they did, but they just have not done anything since then no um exactly that i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna be kind because they've they as i said they, they've made an effort to start and and you've got to give lopetegui a little bit of time but I'm, i'd say c minus because frankly the, the fact they're not in the relegation zone <laughs> having scored just 12 goals it's impressive for them and it's an indictment of the three teams below them Right, but we do also have to point out the fact that they are currently tied with Bournemouth. Oh, yeah, totally. On 17 points. So, yeah, relegation is still a very much a possibility for them. Totally. So, uh, here's possibly my biggest disappointment so far in this term is uh, in 16, uh, number 16 in the table, 18 points, 5 wins, 3 draws, 12 losses, for West Ham United, who for the last two seasons have been dazzling us with with stellar football and and, and threatening to knock in to knock their way into the top four, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that is not the case this season. Uh, whatever Moyes was doing at West Ham ain't working anymore. Is all I can say. Mikael um, Antonio, uh, Jared Bowen has been decent the last few games, but. Mikel Antonio has gone anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he's getting on there. He, he's what, early 30s? Right. But, so yeah. Gone, it, not going to get any better. Yeah. Whatever Moyes' idea was that got them where they were going and, you know, got them into European football, it ain't working this time. And uh, it, they may be needing a change of ideas themselves. I'm giving them a D minus. Like I said, they're they're poss- probably my biggest disappointment this season yeah, so far. I think absolutely D minus is is spot because the expectation of West Ham was so much higher. You know, you would expect them to at least be in and around the top eight. You do you wouldn't expect them to be struggling to get away. And again, it, it's like all these sides of bottom tables. They're struggling for goals. They they just can't. You know, they, they're way less than a goal a game. It's, it's, they are a horrible side to watch right now, and you know, and you don't see how they're getting out of it. Plus, you know, they they've lost one of their owners as well, so to speak. <laughs> so, oh, do tell. Yeah. 
Uh, what, yeah, um, one of the Dildo Brothers died. If I, can't, I can't remember if it's David Sullivan or oh, the other guy. Oh, you're kidding me. Oh, I didn't hear this. Oh, did you? Hang on. No. Uh, was it? Was this recent? Yeah, it, it's it, it's either this year or um, or last year. Hang on. Yep, David. Oh, David Sullivan's still there. So I think it'd be gold. So let me have a oh, look. Oh my goodness! Well, so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a funny one. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, what was? Yes, fourth of January. So yeah, it's it's this month. So wow, I I I completely missed that. Yeah, that, so, that, you know what that that may be affecting things. That that's uh, one to put a pin in because that may affect things in a, in a, in a in a bad yeah, way I mean, for for the hammers. I, I don't know if it was affecting them behind the scenes anyway, but yeah, it, it's still on the pitch. Uh, you know, it, it's a horror season for them. Yeah, it but, is. So, definitely. Talking about it again, again. I think I think we're in. I think we're in three or four sides. Who you'd say is the disappointed zone here, sixteenth uh, or fourteenth? Leeds United, you know, a winner Anfield. They are, the, I think, the first side, or the still the only side to win in the league at Anfield when Virgil Van Dijk is playing for Liverpool. It's a hell of a that's a hell of a you know a result for them. But I get, I get, I, I like what Jesse Marsh has done with this team. This is, a, it's, it's a good team. They're playing well, you know. They're working hard. Um, Rodrigo's been fun to watch. Double figures already on the season. Um, but you know, it, it, it's like that. That game against Villa kind of seemed to sum them up because Villa's got a couple of goals from almost nothing, and these absolutely outplay them in every aspect of the game, apart from that. But again, as I. It, it it it's it's like what they're doing is on the right lines, but the results just aren't there. So I'm I'm kind of going, I'm kind of going with a C for them, because I I think they would have been, it, you know, they're not that far off the table, but they're not particularly good. Yeah, you know, I I think a C, possibly C minus, uh, yeah. is, is going to be fair for them. Um, Jesse Marsh does have them playing a particularly attractive brand of football. They just don't seem to be able to hold up on their on the goal scoring or the the goalkeeping end, um, a, a, as often as they should. I honestly think they need to start thinking about moving on from Patrick Bamford. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't. I, I think they still rely. They they still have this idea that Patrick Bamford is going to be the guy, you know, that that holds everything together. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think the injuries have just have just gotten to him too badly. And, 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 and also, I, and I also think they need a better keeper than, than Melier at this point. Yeah. He, he's always been kind of unreliable. He, he always seems to have a Rick in him. You know, he, he always seems to, he's always going to drop it somewhere. Then there's a few keepers like that, but anyway. Yeah. So yeah, C minus for me. I, I like what Jesse Marsh is doing, and I mean, especially in, in the post-match interview when they beat Chelsea, when they were saying, well, yeah, we were expected to go and, and just sit back and, and absorb them, and, and yeah, we're never going to play like that. I was like, okay, yeah, I like this, you know? 
Yeah, it, it's just oh, it, it, I mean, it, it's almost Beelzebul. It's not quite Beelzebul because he hasn't really run the team into the ground, the players into the ground yet. But no, not at all. Which is important in this season above any other, I think. Yeah, but uh, you know, hopefully for for Jesse Marsh's sake, they they get it together um, in the second half of the season here. And they too are on nineteen games. So the the first uh, club we've discussed that are only on nineteen games. Uh, next up, Leicester City uh, on uh, on eighteen points, tied with Leeds United. I played one more game than Leeds United. Same goal difference, though. Same goal difference. Uh, five wins, three draws, 12 losses. You know, they're improving. This is another side that needs to move on from one of their iconic players, and that's Jimmy Vardy. But also, oh. I think they also need to move on from Brendan Rodgers because for all the shit he's talked over the years, um... Leicester are just not delivering on any level for me. And they they get they too get a C minus from me. Actually, you know what? They get a D plus because of all the shit Brendan Rogers talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I genuinely can't argue with that. It, again, it relative to expectations, it's horrible. They, you know, they don't have a, a particular trouble with scoring goals. because they, they, they've got got you know, I think they haven't been relying on Vardy either. It's been um, James Madison and Harvey Barnes. I think I've got, got the goals from this year. Right, so, but I mean, they still play Vardy, and they still somewhat. I think mentally they still rely on Vardy, and I think they yeah. they they need to move past that. Yeah, and I mean, as I'm, much I'm, as I'm, as much I'm, as Leeds and as much with Leeds and Bamford. Yeah, I, I know he, his league career started late, so he hadn't got the Mars on the clock. But again, the guy isn't going to get any. He he isn't as fast as he. As he was, he can't quite get those positions. I don't think anymore. But yeah, it, it, it's the, that that it's like every Brendan Rodgers side. You wonder if they ever actually work on defense because you know they they've shipped what thirty five goals and and you know the, I think the other sides that have shipped that many are down in the relegation zone. So I mean, statistically, if if we if we want to look at you know. Trophy wins and, and such. Statistically, the best uh, managerial job Brendan Rodgers ever did was at Celtic. Yes, absolutely. I don't think that's arguable. To be honest, I, he, he he had one good season at Anfield. Let's not forget that one. Um, but yeah, I, 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 if I'm being, if I'm, I sound like generous, so I'll, I'll go with a D plus. But they have a lot of issues that. Re- they really haven't sorted out all year. So, yeah, moving on. By, by the way, I, I still haven't forgotten how he stabbed us in the back to go to Leicester either, so. <laughs> You're not bitter at all, ever. Never. <laughs> well, moving on, and we're staying in the Midlands at number 13, Nottingham Forest, well, or Nottingham Forest 2.0, whoever's playing for them this season. I, I, I've got to say, Forest... I did not expect that much from this season. Uh, I thought they would be in the in and around the relegation places, but they've done really nicely so far. They, they you know they they are mid table. They're not threatened by that relegation side yet. If they they're just picking up points quite steadily, I you know I, I like it. They you know they they score. They've got goals in that side, they, which kind of spread around, but. Yeah, it, it, you know, 
putting that side together that quickly, you know, for, for all the players they've, they've signed, it, it's a pretty good side. The one thing I'll say, the, the goal difference says they should be worse than they are because, you know, they haven't scored, for all I said they've got goals, they haven't scored that many goals and they've conceded a ton. But I, 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 I happily give them kind of a C plus for this season so far. You know what? I'm almost going to give them a B minus because honestly, yeah. after after they fl- basically flushed their championship squad and basically replaced it wholesale, I I have, I thought worse was going to happen, and they picked it up. They have picked it up, and Steve Cooper does not look like a manager who is in fear of his job right now, like many such sides would be. Again, he, he looks a really smart manager tactically. He gets the best out of what he has. You know, it, it, it's in keeping because he was at Liverpool with Klopp. He's kind of taken that ethos on board of these are the guys I've got. How do I get the best out of them? So, yeah, I'm actually getting them a B minus because I, I did not expect them to be this far from. I, I did not expect them to be this high nor as you know safe as they are. They're four points clear of the drop right now. But there's also, you know, three teams, uh, excuse me, four teams behind them. Be- yeah, absolutely. Between them and the drop. So, you know what? That, I think they're doing just fine. And I still think that they have, uh, I still think that, that they may still surprise us yet. Um, we'll see how they do in the second leg against Man U because they kind of got washed at the city ground earlier this week in the in the League Cup uh, semifinal first leg. Yeah, again, you, you, said, you, you said that they'd have a cup run to the semis of one of the cups and they would have bitten your hand off for that to start yeah. with. And here we are. And here we are. Next up, let's go to Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace, uh, six wins, six draws, eight losses, 24 points. They started off... They started off better than they've been. Um, yeah. I bet they are really missing the fact that Conor Gallagher is not in that side anymore as he was only ever a lone player from Chelsea. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. Uh, Patrick Vieira as manager hasn't been bad. It hasn't been great. It, they're just they're, – they're, well, you know what? They're doing a Crystal Palace. They are mid-table, firmly mid-table, and that's how it is. Um, so they get a C from me. Yeah, uh, that that will kind of be fair because <laughs> although they have got one of my favourite moments of the season, <laughs> the celebration of that free kick against Man United. Or <laughs> lack of celebration. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like turn around and whatever, <laughs> like he does that in training every single day, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it, it still I think they go as Wilfred to goes. He's still you know for a side that doesn't score that many goals, he's still got I think a third of their goals. So it's again they're a solid side. They are tough to beat, but you know again Palace they aren't going to get involved with the top six or so we know that but they aren't going to get involved with that, that relegation side so absolutely yeah, they're, they're, yeah they're 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 pretty far away from the ian dowie years let's just put it that oh, way oh god yes absolutely or even the roy hodgson years frankly <laughs> even, you know so yeah I, I, i'll be generous go c plus because it's it, yeah and, and again viera he, he does look to have a good future in management and he's doing it the right way unlike, unlike certain others yeah, so. but I mean, this is hardly his first job either. I mean, he remember he also already had 
the reigns at New York, Manchester City, and at Nice as well. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But but yeah, I will it, say it, he's it, he's had a better managerial career than Thierry Henry has. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. Well, frankly, I could have a better career than Thierry Henry has in management. I could never have his football career, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of breaks my heart, honestly. You know what, Henry as pundit though. Mwah. Oh, I, I, the man, the man just has more style than you ever, you're ever going to find in your life. Okie dokie, let's go to, to Birmingham and go to Villa Park and the no longer Stevie G'd up Aston Villa. And you know, it's, it, again, again, it's it's like Palace. You look at that kind of record. It's you know exactly halfway. It's it's you know one eight drawn four lost eight. It's kind of, again, a non-script season, mid-table. They, they might be expecting more for all that money that Stevie G splashed out, but that's why he's not in the post anymore. Yeah, yeah. let's not forget that they, too, changed their managers. They now have uh, the, 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 the master of the good evening himself, <laughs> Unai Emery. I don't know how they managed to pry him away from Villarreal because it seemed like he had a really good thing going at Villarreal. Yeah, well, I'm going to say it, 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 it's green and folding and fits in your back pocket. Uh, you know? but maybe, it, maybe not in a wallet, but his bank account is looking look pretty good. Yeah, but... I, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll go with a C-plus for them because they're fine, they're there, but they're not tearing up any trees, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I, I'm at the stage now where I, I just have to think to myself, given what Unai Emery did post-Arsenal at Villarreal... I'm thinking that maybe it just he just was not the right fit for the club, and it happens. Good managers and great clubs don't always mesh together. Absolutely. This remains to be seen for Aston Villa. They're still doing okay. They're mid-table. Uh, that's better than what Dean Smith did. Definitely better yep. than what Gerard has done so far. Oh, hell yes. But... Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say a C for Villa. Um, we'll see which way. I, I, I can see this grade changing. Which way it goes remains to be seen. <laughs> yes. All right. Up next, we're, we're, we're into the top half of the table now. Chelsea. Let's have some fun, baby. Chelsea in 10th place. Okay. Let's, let's try this again. <clears throat> Chelsea. In 10th place, they have spent 600 million pounds on players. And, and that figure continues to ride. They stole Mikhail Mudrik out from under us. <laughs> Not bitter at all. <laughs> Actually, I'm over it already. I, I honestly am over it because I, I, I still have to remind myself that, you know, he scored equalizers against Celtic in the Champions League, too. So, you know. Yeah. That being said, yeah, um, they too changed their manager this season. That when they out of the blue fired Thomas Tuchel and hired Graham Potter from Brighton, how did that work out for them? Well, uh, we haven't discussed Brighton yet. That should tell you how it's been working out. Uh, they are. I I don't know what Todd Bowley is doing besides just spending money and. You know, going to YouTube for their uh, for their transfer ideas. 
and handing out the longest term contract I think I've seen a football club give out. That is not a good recipe. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, I don't think, yeah, Top Bully, I don't think knows what he's doing. And it is, it is. Whatever gave you that idea? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it is going to affect the club long term. Not that I'm going to shed too many tears about it, but at the same time, this is just shocking. This is, I mean, um, Jose Mourinho was fired. Well, wait, they they were in 16th when he got fired, weren't they? Yes, they were. But, you know, still, this is... I don't think Graham Potter's the guy for Chelsea. I really don't. I, I He was great at Brighton. I don't think he's going to be... He's not great here. I, again, I, I think his bank account will be a nice little cushion for him at the end, and he'll walk into a very nice job because people know... He's he's a pretty decent manager. Yeah, but overall, though, this is a D plus job from uh, uh, for Chelsea's scale. This is a D plus. I I think you've been entirely generous because again, I I, I would say even me going, there's been a World Cup and all this. I know there's been a few injuries there. It's a D minus job and. And, and this is obviously go. We will come to the the other club, the club near the half of this game next. That last game for them, you had Conor Gallagher, who was such a good what player to watch last year, going around Anfield last week, and essentially just being asked to be a mid table clogger. You know, he had I, I gave away ten or eleven free kicks the last I saw, and didn't get a, didn't get a yellow card for any of it. It was hor- the, Chelsea. King Townfield, they they looked like a mid-table side. It wasn't that, you know, this is Chelsea aside, <laughs> you know, with all the talent, as they have. They've still got so much talent in that side. They came for a draw. They came to just, you know, punt, punt it up, waste time. They came to get the fuck out of there is what they came to do. Yeah, and, and, and went up being funny against a not very, currently very good Liverpool side, for reasons which we'll come to. But but for Chelsea's scale, I, again I know they're just, and I, I like Graham Potter, but it, again it seems to be a, a managerial appointment. It's who's available rather than what's the best fit for the club. Well, right, exactly. This is a YouTube appointment. Oh shit! People are talking about Graham Potter. Let's get Graham Potter. <laughs> you know, exactly. It, it, it's it's the it's the worst thing in the world for a club. Um, apart from you know your, any moral possible objections, an owner comes in, and he very very visibly does not know what he's doing. He's trying to get the fans aside by just flashing that wallet at anything that moves, and yet Mudrick he's he flashed a lot of money at because Mudrick goes very fast. But I, I, I wasn't that impressed with Mudrick on his debut either. Everyone's going. He was exciting. He was thrilling. He was just fast. There wasn't anything particularly. Yeah, but I mean, he only played 20 minutes, too, so there's not much to say. Absolutely. I I mean, again, I've seen Mudrick because he played against Celtic twice in in the Champions League this season. Yeah, did he impress you then? Say again? Uh, uh, Was he impressive then? Because I did not see those Celtic games. Well, yes, he equalized for Shakhtar in both games when we had leagues, so yes. That's cool, yeah. So, yeah, he may come good, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, you'd never judge a player on 20 minutes, you know. But... Yeah, I, I cannot possibly give Chelsea anything other than a D minus. But my God, you know, 
I'm here for what looks like a long, slow fall for them. Yeah, and this, all this, you know, all this hubris brings us right round to Liverpool down in ninth. With only 19 games played, though, I should say. If if we win, we're up to six, so... Yeah. So it, it's maybe a little better than it looks, but it's John, really not John, that. be honest. What are the odds? <laughs> uh, at the moment, not good. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And yeah. Um, again, if, if you want to sum up Liverpool's season so far, you look at the fact we went and played Brighton, what's it, two, three weeks ago now. And not one of the Liverpool fans I talked to online expected anything other than what happened. Um, Liverpool's midfield this season for, obviously for, because we've had such a ton of injuries there, plus it looks like uh, Fabinho, Henderson falling away. Liverpool's midfield has collapsed and it's, you know, if if you've got a side who can, have got the pace to run through midfield, you can go straight to that defence and that defence is without Virgil van Dijk as well. So at the moment, Liverpool are vulnerable. Teams are taking advantage. Injuries may be mitigating circumstances, but, you know, for, for Liverpool for the last, what, five years, we'll say, even even apart, apart from the COVID season, we've still been expecting a lot more. So I still think Jurgen Klopp and his team haven't, particularly played it well with how they responded to the crisis yet. So I, there's still a lot of questions going into the second half of the season for Liverpool and the real promise of an answer. So I, I kind of go, again, if I'm being generous because the World Cup screwed, you know, it, it's lost as Virgil van Dijk with, with all the football, with with a team not having a proper recovery from that 60-game season last season. And I, I, I'm... And this is being generous, would say a C minus. See, I, I'll go with a C, but I agree. I, I agree with all your points. Their their midfield is a shambles right now. Yeah, totally. Their, their midfield is a, is a is it's it's a mess. And I'm also going to put out that we are in the seventh year of our Jurgen Klopp uh, managerial reign, which we all know how those go. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers: they don't usually go very well. <laughs> But I, I will say this: This is the first time that Klopp has had the opportunity to rebuild a side because normally, you know, at, at Dortmund at Mainz, he's having his best players taken away from him. Now we're at a point where we don't know if Jurgen Klopp can do this. So it's true, it's and very I'm, interesting. And I know you hate the fact that I say this, but I, Luis Diaz, and. Uh, God help me, Darwin Nunez, who I, I, I am not high on at all. Based on his performances so far. He's got double figures already. What more do you but, want? And the game is chaos. But he, it, I think the thing you say about Darwin Nunez, he is just a force of chaos. We don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know what he's going to do. Well, that's just it. Right. right. He, they are not replacements for Sadio Mane. Now, no, mind no. you, I also think, conversely to that, that Sadio Mane is not a replacement at Bayern for Robert Lewandowski either. Not at all. But I, I will say this. 
Luis Diaz has been out for most of the season, my dude. I mean, okay, granted, but the reliance he, on Nunez, who got himself man. sent off in his first game. Second. First, was a second? I'm sorry, second. Yeah, he, he scored against Fulham in the first game. Uh, I, my bad. Then, I, I forgot yeah. about that. You're right. Yeah, I, I, got, I got that wrong. I got that wrong. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'll go with a, 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 a C, but because I know that there are the injuries and, you know, again, the scheduling screw-ups and everything else, but boy, oh boy, yeah, they, they, they've got a job to do to even make Europe at this point. Absolutely. At this uh, point, uh, no, I, I think they're more likely to, to get there than Chelsea is at this point, but will it surprise me to see neither of them in Europe no. next season? At this point, hell no. No, but again, Jurgen Klopp has enough credit in the bank to ride this out, whatever happens. Well, there is that, but, you know, the, I, I could tell you a story about Chuck Knoll, too, so. Let me brisk up, baby. Uh, speaking of uh, sides from West London, let's go. We're, we're actually going to be staying in West London for a little bit here. Uh, Brentford in eighth, uh, seven wins, nine draws, four losses, 30 points. And Ivan Tony still playing for them. Um... I, I, but for how long is the real question. That's the shadow hanging on it. Yeah, yeah. we don't know how long Ivan Tony's going to be there. Is Thomas Frank going to be able to get a replacement for Ivan Tony? I don't think he will, to be honest. And it doesn't seem like that they planned ahead that way. But let's face it, that 4-0 ass-whooping that they laid on Man U at the beginning of the season was some of the best entertainment I've had watching football this year and you know what it was thoroughly deserved as was they win over liverpool oh yes they 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 have they are still sticking around they're they're in the top half of the table they're knocking on the door for europe um they are doing fantastic i'm giving them an a minus i i can't i can't really argue with that kind of i mean you look at the shirts and you, there's your reference point it's the same colors as stoke they are a, they're a, they're a slightly better footballing side, but they're a good physical side. They they will compete with any side. Ivan Tony again, you, as if you're playing as a defender, he's a nightmare to play against as, as a as a defender. He's physical, he's big, and he scores those goals. But again, say the possible ban for there are hundreds, hundreds of kind of violations of that betting. Rule? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, something's he, gonna he, give there. He's he's got thirteen goals this year. How do you replace that? I I mean, I think they'll be all right this season, but you know, if you're going forward, I, I don't know. But you know, a, a, a word for I think you know someone like Josh De Silva and Norgard and that midfield have been superb. Good hard running players, good on the ball, and and they're a fun side to watch. And yeah, I I cannot give and I, I think a minus is absolutely fair for them because they deserve to be where they are. Um, okay, so again, we're going to West London, and we are going to Craven Cottage. We're going. It's Fulham, um, who have remembered how to score this time up. We have. I I, I think. You know, again, one of the players of the season here in Mitrovic, who's got 11 goals here on it. He, 
He's continued to on probably. We've come, up, we've come up with a verb to get Mitrovic'd. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And again, this is a fun side to watch. Obviously, will I am? I, it, it's a where the hell do you pick him up from again? Well, <laughs> it, it, Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, it, it's unreal. And I said, and, and Andres Pereira, again, bit of a revelation after after that uh, kind of mediocre spell at United. Lots of assists, lots of goals. Yeah, you, 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 you got to think that Tony Khan is feeling pretty good right now between the job that the, the, the Jaguars have done this oh, yeah. season, Fulham and, you know, you know, all elite wrestling, AEW. Yeah. Still a success too. Again, you're talking Fulham coming back up. You might not have expected much of them. They, they ship goals, but they score a ton of them too. So yeah, I, I, I would give Fulham a straight A for this one. Yeah, I am too. I, I, I don't have anything else to say. I think we've said it all. Pereira and Mitrovic, and, and, and somehow Bernd Leno not conceding a whole ton of goals. Well, actually, I take that back. They've scored 32, conceded 30. You know what? Never mind. Bernd Leno. You, he keeps it dang. That's, that's pretty yeah. <laughs> Uh Let's go to another team that's going to be getting an A from me. Uh, let's go to Brighton. Because even though they lost Graham Potter to Chelsea, Roberto De Zerbi has continued the work there. So much so that we snagged Leandro Trossard from Brighton. <laughs> oh, they have such a good side, and they keep and, replacing. And, and, yeah, and and then and then Kaoru Matomo Matoma stepped up after that. I mean, again, again, another put another pin in the 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 Asian footballer discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but. Um, yeah, uh, Brighton. I, 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 you know what? They're a side that worry me now. Well, I see, I see them on the schedule. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that could go either yeah, way. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm going, is it? And it might be the best midfield in the Premier League here. Yeah. Well, Moses maybe, maybe, maybe. Moises, Moises, yeah, Moises. yeah, and we're looking at a, a, another Brighton player too, Moises Casado, yeah. as you mentioned. But you know, McAllister as well. McAllister, a, a World Cup winner, world champion, <laughs> world champion, McAllister. Yeah, it said Mitoma, Solly Marsh is really nice with the pace over there, and Adam Lallana holding it all together as a veteran. It's it's a really again, hey, a really and Danny, Danny Welbeck as a super sub, you know. Yeah, and well, he, he again, still a good forward. I, I, the only reason I, he's he's not a title winning forward, but he's absolutely perfect for someone like Brighton in the way they play. And, and um, furthermore, let's just point out they too only have nineteen games played. Yeah, absolutely. Again, this is a really good side. You would say maybe overachieving, but again, you watch them. You watch any Brighton game this season. They they play that really nice stuff, and they you know when they lost Potter, they did not go out and just sign any big name. They had a, an obvious model for the guy they wanted. Does Des, He you know he comes from nineteen sixties Doctor Who, but what the hell? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say this that I think last season was overachieving. This season they're just achieving. 
I yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's the best verdict on Brighton this season. Beautiful side to watch. And and again, it's an example for, for someone like Everton, maybe even Chelsea, of what good long-term planning does for a club. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okie dokie. And, well, well, we'll go back at the road from Brighton. We'll go back to London. We'll go to the lesser half of North London here then. And we'll talk about <laughs> Antonio Conte and Spurs. The, the there's a lot of goals here, but okay, I I have an issue in the Antonio Conte sides are not particularly fun to watch. I and again, I I, I don't enjoy watching this Spurs side. Not you know, not even when they're getting stuffed by your boys. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's the thing, is that Conte's size used to be fun to watch at Juventus, at Inter. It's just he comes to England and those sides are not fun to watch. Yeah, and he's complained of there being no creative players in the side. And and yet, you know, they're still relying on the same thing as he was when he arrived, which is Harry Kane and and Son on the counter-attack. And, you know, those guys, again... For the, for the most part, I know someone's been injured. They delivered. You, you can't have. There's no creative. Yeah, there's no creative players in this side. Who do you think is responsible for that? Well, uh, uh, Antonio, Antonio, <laughs> and Daniel Levy, possibly. I, I would suggest. Well, there's that too. I would say you know Spurs are probably they're probably doing about as well as we expect them to do. You know they're there or thereabouts on the verge of the Champions League places. So yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and, it's and, and like Fulham have played twenty-one games. Yes, and they, they played a lot of games. So again, it may change because Brighton could overtake them. So I, 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 I just go with the straight B for them. See, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go B minus because you know, of the expectations and you know, and everything that they said they were going to do, and you know, getting in Kulusevski and in. You know, it just, yeah, th- this is just, I mean, okay, yeah, fine. They did well today against Preston in the <laughs> FA Cup. But prior to that, they, they squeaked out they squeaked out a 1-0 against Fulham. Had a 2-0 lead against City, and then City whooped them. Oh, yeah. And then, lest we forget, the last iteration <laughs> of the North London Derby. What happened in that one, Jeff? I missed it. Uh, two... <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing the Theo Walcott right at John right now. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, they're, I mean, yeah, my, my obvious distaste for them aside, they just are not what they should be. They're Spurs. That's they're spur- yeah, they're Spurs. Yeah, exactly. They're Spurs, as we expect them to be. Fourth place, Manchester United, something we maybe did not expect uh, when we first planned, you know, to to do this episode as we, you know, plot. Because, of course, we are professional and we pre-plan everything down to a T. Yeah, the the phrase addition by subtraction is um, never been more appropriate than with 
this Manchester United team because it's amazing. Once they took Ronaldo off the pitch for Man U, how much they improved and how Marcus Rashford is now a, a, a feared player once again because he doesn't have to, you know, play second field to this doofus, you know. <laughs> so let's be, I mean, let's be honest. They, uh, let, let's be honest. Ronaldo was no good for Man U. And it was and it was a bad signing, and they no longer have this hanging over him because he he fucked off to Al Nasir. I, I believe we said this from the start about him, even though he scored two. Well, no, I know I was the idiot last year who said, you know what, with Ronaldo, maybe we shouldn't be, you know, writing off Man U. And boy, was I wrong on that. <laughs> I, I, I was that idiot, but you know, unlike. Most sports commentators, I will cop when I was wrong. Yeah, I, I was. I, I just looked and went. You know that Solskjaer side at the time when Ronaldo came back, it was built on pace on counter attack, and Ronaldo did not fit that side at his age. But and yeah, he he's gone now. He is he is nothing to do with this. They gave our they gave us a tough one. They gave us our only league loss this season. Yep, and, and they gave us a they gave us a tough run at the Emirates, but yeah, um, you know what? <sighs> I have to look at how they were doing. I mean, we had to take the whole the whole first half, and we had to look at it on the whole. So they're getting a B from me, but that's just going to go to it. If they keep up, keep this up, they're going to be getting an A. In, in, you know in, what? In the end, you know what? And and this will probably surprise you. As a Liverpool fan, I w- I would give them an A right now because Eric Ten Hag has gone in to Man United, and he's managed to take the tough decisions that no one seems to have been making since Alex Ferguson left. You know that Ronaldo situation, firm, decisive. That's the first time the manager has had power over the players. I think in all that time. 10 years, and he, you know, a, a bad situation, a club icon who, you know, he was set, still sold a lot of shirts for them. So, you know, credit, credit to the board at Man United for that, even though, you know, I'm not particularly keen on the board at Man United. And and the other thing is, it's, you know, the Harry Maguire situation, doesn't matter, Take took him out of the defence. Oh, my God, they've looked so much better. This, Eric Ten Hag, is running Man United on the right lines at least. It may fall apart, but, um, you know, all of a sudden Bruno Fernandes looks a player again. Um, Rashford, oh, he, uh, he, I, I thought he was fantastic against you. That that goal for a start-off and the, his general game. Um, the, the, the Sandra Martinez might be undersized. Great centre-half in, in his awareness. The, I, the, I, I the, the real test for Ten Hag is if, when, John Sancho is available again. Yeah, absolutely. That will be an interesting uh, interesting situation to see resolved. But, yeah, I'd I say, I, I, for the first time in years, my friend, my best friend from school, for, you know, we're talking 35-plus years now, he's enjoying watching his team again. And... You you can't say a manager can do much more than that. Alrighty, let's go. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one, I think, uh, on the discussion. Oh yeah, 
Newcastle. And I know Jeff, the the the, the Wessel penalty has already been applied, I suspect, to his rating for this. But purely on the pitch, they haven't gone out and spent big money. And I don't necessarily particularly enjoy watching them because they do very much go in for the cynical side of the game. But, you know, you're talking in the first half of the season, they have lost one game and that was a last minute goal at Anfield that they lost to. They've been very, very impressive and they are on a run of not conceding goals, which is incredible. It's such a solid team back to front and done without spending too much of the cash that they, you know, that a sovereign wealth fund gives them. You know, purely on the pitch and not for the ownership, I've got to give it an A-plus because they look like they belong in that top four right now. You know, you make a compelling argument, but boy, am I so fucking upset with them for their shithousery at the Emirates earlier this month. I I don't enjoy watching. That was at Anfield. They did the same thing, you know, when it was one-all, sit down, and and just try and you know ride the game out by the filthiest means possible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just the 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 shithouser, which means I get you know I guess that that means that Eddie Howe's tactics are working, and we need to credit Eddie Howe for a Absolutely. lot of this this renaissance. But you know what? When they're not shithousing, they are a fun side to watch. They really yeah. are. So yeah, I will give them an A on this because yeah, nobody. I'm not going to say nobody, but I mean, despite not getting, you know, Holland and Mbappe, like everybody thought, you know, we're saying that they will do now because, you know, they have, you know, more money than Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they I mean, the table don't lie and they are doing quite well. And well, we'll see how the second half goes. We'll see if they can keep this up. We'll see, we'll see if this can keep this up. But, uh, yeah, just, again, yeah, I, I'm irritated at the shit housing, but at the same time, they're, they're doing quite well. Okay, we're up to the, the, the top two now. Manchester City, 20 games played, 14 wins, three draws, and surprisingly, three losses. Um... Yeah, all I can say, yeah, on the one hand, Erling Haaland has scored more goals than Chelsea. (laughs) Actually, wait, maybe they're equal now. (laughs) 25 he's got? Oh, he's got 25, you're right. Okay, yeah, so yeah, he has scored more goals than Chelsea, (laughs) who have scored 22 goals. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, Yeah, he, 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 he is one away from tying Alan Shearer on single-season hat-tricks in the Premier League. He, yeah, he, 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 is, he is a machine. Um, nine clubs who scored less goals than he has. Yes. Nine clubs. The problem is that you know, not everything goes through Holland, and um, Holland is not a guaranteed goal scorer, as we've seen. And Man City have problems of their own, obviously, because they're sitting in second. They are, 
they are not consistent as they usually are. And we've already heard some early so we've already heard some early season dissent that Jack Grealish wants to go because he's being overshadowed by Erling Haaland. Though though although how long that keeps up, we'll see. As time goes on. Um they get an A minus because everybody assumed that they were going to run away with the title once again and uh no, they have not. In fact, I can't remember and, and I can't remember the last point at, at which they were the top of the table. It's a long time. Um, again, the, my grades strongly despite what you expect from City. You know, with with more money than Jesus and a settled club and the best manager they could find, that money could buy. You know, you expect them to be up there, and particularly when they give an Erling Haaland. But I think that Haaland is, you know. I don't think he adds that many goals to them. He will get his fair share, but I think it's more that they... It, it's like Man United's uh, back in the early 2000s when they bought Ruud van Nistelrooy. Everything suddenly went through him. They weren't scoring that many more goals, but they went right through him, and they, they it, it was a kind of different side. And as, as my dad pointed out last year, you know, Man City's... Game last year was based on not having that set for, not having that focal point, having, you know, Bowden chipping in, De Bruyne chipping in, um, in Grealish. They have altered this. They've altered their kind of... It, it, it's like, I don't know, sticking a spoiler on a on a Rolls Royce or something. You know what? It's... <laughs> Harlan is very good, but I, I just think they've kind of mess their style around to accommodate him and city um... well, i also don't think that holland is going to be a long-term option i think he's going to be he, he is bound for real madrid at some point yeah yeah the rumor is that there's a closeness contract after two years to say if real come in they can have him and i i think again that will make city all around a better side despite the fact i would say harland is clearly having a magnificent season and getting and he is exactly what we expected so, because they kind of messed around their, their tactics, and I don't think it's particularly an evolution. I'd I, I give them a B because I think they've caused themselves a little bit of a problem there that they didn't need to have. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're up to the number one spot here, the last one. I'm going to say, because I have eyes in my head and watch football, I am going to just say two words on this, and then I'm going to hand you to Mr. Russell for something I five minutes or more that I have been waiting on ever since we started this podcast. So all I'm saying is A plus, take it away, Jeff. Oh boy. A plus to the Arsenal because absolutely nobody, and I mean literally nobody, thought that they were going to achieve what they have achieved so far this season. If we do not win the title, this is still a successful season because nobody thought we would win it. But this club, this is the this is the best side since the Invincibles year. I swear to God. In fact, statistically, they're better. Despite the loss, they are actually better at this phase in the season than they were at this point in the Invincibles year. Let, let me point out, the Invincibles got 90 points. This side is on, at the moment, for 100. 
that they we have 50 right now and we've played and we still have games in hand somehow city's played one more game than us so now <laughs> you know and we still have to face them twice because we've only oh, faced I, I, them in the fa cup you want to bet i have that ringed in my calendar i want to i want to watch these games these, these are looking like you know the liverpool city games were for the last few years i mean we we got in Gabriel Jesus, and he he has not scored all of the goals that we thought he would, but he was involved in every step of, of the of, uh, of of play until his injury at the World Cup. And Eddie and Kedia has stepped up in a way that nobody saw coming, absolutely nobody. Martin Odegaard as captain, brilliant. He has performed some of the filthiest football maneuvers I have seen in a long time. Uh, and let's not make, you know, let's not forget Alexander Zinchenko either. I, he has been a difference maker as well. Oh, he was so good last week against uh, against United. Best player on the pitch by a mile. And, and also, let's not forget, for all the, the trouble with Mikola Mudrik and all that, we went and got Leandro Trossard instead. Sure, okay, Trossard only had the 20 minutes against United too, and he did play in the FA Cup loss. As well, and apparently looked pretty well too. I didn't get to see the game because I was at, stuck at work. But um, Trussard was the one who set who teed up Zinchenko to tee up Odegaard for Enkedia to score that winner. And you know what? You haven't even mentioned Bukayo Saka yet. Oh God! Well, you know, save the best for last. Bukayo Saka, his redemption, his redemption after all the shit he took. At the end of Euro last, you know, two summers ago. Yeah, he he, he deserved everything. He, he he deserves all the the plaudits he got. I'm still not into this Granite Jaka redemption arc yet, but you know, give give me till the end of the season. <laughs> he he has been incredibly better than I expected him to be. <laughs> incredibly, yeah. But yeah, a, a plus to the Arsenal. I don't know what else to say. If even if we do not win the title. They're still probably going to get an A plus for me because we have we have smashed all expectations up till now. And you, you know, I, I know several times, but I will I will say they are one of the best sides to watch because you've got so many players on the top of their game. Again, Odegaard has turned into the player that Real Madrid thought they were getting when they signed him when he was fifteen. He is. Oh, he is such a good midfield. His reading of the game, his skills, the way he's controlling everything. Oh, I, I see. I, I know that Erling Haaland will get it for obvious reasons, but if you if you're talking to me about the best player this season, I, I would give it to Odegaard. With Saka as probably my runner-up. Yeah, Odegaard and Saka. This whole team has just been a joy to watch, and it, 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 they they started as they meant to go on. The only real hiccup in the league, of course, being against uh, Man United, and you know dealing with the you know conceding a, a really stupid equalizer against Southampton, and you know the shit houseery from Newcastle at the beginning of the month. Besides uh, those that, draws, draws, man. Uh, when you look quibbling about draws, that's when you know you're good. Oh, yeah. So, and that is our midterm grades for the Premier League in 2022-2023. So far, if you would like to 
comment or you know criticize our decisions, you can hit us up on Twitter at BustingBallsPod. Email us, BustingBallsPod at gmail.com. You have been listening to this through our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting-balls or the PWOM podcast network. And you can search us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. John, this has been a long one. Uh, do you have anything else to say? I'm, I'm free. In deference to, to those ratings, I'm just going to go A plus to the Arsenal. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been a long one. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, Until then, it's good night for me. And it's good night from him. Take care.